0: Welcome to Card, right here on GeekCardShow.com. Now here are your hosts, Andrew Young and Mr. Green.
1: Welcome to Card, where every day I get a little bit closer to feeling fine. I'm your host, Andrew Young, and with me as always is Mr. Green.
2: Hey, hey, hey.
1: Hey, hey. And of course, we're coming to you podcast only once again we're out here in the wilds of podcast world away from our live hovel it's out here it's the wild wild west we hope you come and join us
2: yeah we hope so too yeah absolutely
1: yeah we got a big show for you tonight folks later on in the program we're going to be talking with filmmaker liz whitmere about her latest short film cold which stars Melanie Scrafano, of course, a former guest of Geek Hard and uh, a fan favorite of a lot of folks out there. Uh, we're also going to be giving our review of the new Netflix film, Leave the World Behind, starring Julia Roberts, Mahershala Ali, Ethan Hawke, and a few other people as well. And we'll see if you want to leave that behind or check it out. And in just mere moments, we're going to be talking with a former Geekard Guest of the Year, a fan favorite, a much beloved figure in the world of horror and genre and comedy. And like, she's been in a lot of stuff, folks. Catherine Isabel has returned to the program. We're talking with her about the new film, It's a Wonderful Knife, which is streaming now on Shudder. It's a little bit of horror, a little bit of Christmas, Whole lot of good time. We're talking about that with her. But right now, we're going to take our – oh, wait a so second. Let me just check it out. Everything good with you, Green?
2: Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good? We're good. You're in the spirits? I'm always in the spirits. You, I, I got a 40 opened up. I'm ready yeah, to go. Yeah, I was about to say. I was
1: like, yeah, you gotta, <laughs> I got to lock that liquor, liquor cabinet the next time we uh, do a show. But uh, yeah, so he's ready to go. We're ready to go. But we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Catherine Isabel right here, Geek Card, GeekCardshow.com. Hey, everybody. Jimmy the Short Order Cook here, asking you what's better than listening to Geek Card? Answer. Listen to Geek Card while wearing a Geek Card T-shirt, and there's a place you can get them at tpubliccom user slash geekard. We got a bunch of great shirts there. We got Geek Card shirts. We got a Mr. Green's Tasty Meat shirt. Hell, we got a Back Issue Bloodbath shirt. For all your geek needs with your geek merch, you want to go to tpubliccom user slash geekard. I'm not just asking you. I'm telling you.
0: Welcome back to Geek Card on GeekardShow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green.
1: Welcome back, folks, to Geek Card, Andrew Young and Mr. Green. Just before we get into our interview with our first guest tonight, Catherine Isabel, just want to remind you, folks, that. If you're looking for a cool thing to do in 2023, 2024, that's the upcoming year in 2024, your new year's resolution. It should be to support more independent radio shows slash podcasts. there's a great way you can do that. And that is by going to patreon.com slash geek and becoming a geek hard again today. If you do, you'll get access to our commercial-free version of the show. You know, when I throw it to that first commercial break, you're like, ah, come on. Well, now it'll just go right back into the show if you're on Patreon. So you definitely want to check that out. Plus, we also got cool extras there, uh, including the January Men podcast pilot, which is now becoming relevant again because January is almost upon us. And a whole bunch of other stuff, including – the archives of geek card when you're like, Oh, this show from over two years ago, where is it? It's on our Patreon, patreon.com slash Sign up today, become a geek. Hardian. Now it's time to get into tonight's festivities. Mr. Green, how are those spirits?
2: Oh, they're tasty. They're yummy and tasty.
1: They're yummy and tasty. There they are. Go. There you go. Drink responsibly, kids.
2: Absolutely. Uh, yes.
1: We're going to bring in our first guest of the evening. She, of course, is an actor who is much beloved in the horror genre. And she is in a festive horror, which is currently on Shutter, which gives you all the feels. It gives touches the cockles of your heart, but at the same time gives you the creeps. And that's what you want. You want the two married together. And it's a wonderful knife. Welcome back to the program, Catherine Isabel. Hey,
3: thank you. Ho, 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 and all that. <laughs>
1: and all that. Yes, exactly. Are, are, you a, are you a big fan of the holidays?
3: I think Christmas should be every four years, like the Olympics.
2: Oh <laughs> wow!
3: Unless wow. you have small children, then go for it. But I, I think it's it's my problem with time. I don't recognize time, and I'm like, how is this happening again? <laughs> so, <quickly>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, and I'm I just I don't. I don't have a tree yet. Sometimes I put some Christmas lights on my window in the shape of a tree and then I put dog toys on them as ornaments and that's my festivity.
1: There you go. Well, you've got so many, like you have a forest in your house. (laughs) So another tree, I can understand not wanting to put up a Christmas tree.
3: Well, and then I don't want to put any of my plants in the living room where the fireplace is because it will kill. I was like, oh, we could use one of my plants as a Christmas. No, we can't. It's not going to (laughs) happen.
1: Oh my God. I didn't realize that Christmas, Christmas was such a, such a big problem for you.
3: You, you are festive AF. Look at you. I
1: am. I am a very, <laughs> I am a festive motherfucker. I am. I, I get very holiday. I'm Mr. Holidays. That's, that's who I am.
3: That is, uh, we got it. Someone's got to do it. Somebody's got
1: to <laughs> yeah, do
2: no, it. It's
3: got to
1: be me.
2: Absolutely. This is, I as you can see behind me, I am not festive. No. It is there, you know, there. There sometimes is um, well you can barely see it but the, there, that's an ad ad there but sometimes I'll have a, a Santa hat on on him on his head yeah. but that's that's as close as it gets festive up in this place uh, but
1: him and his wife I'm sorry but him and his wife their living room that's like freaking Santa's well, Christmas village
2: I'm not I'm not in my living room right now <laughs> I can't I can't prove that. I can't prove that. Well, Instagram can prove that, but I can't prove it right now to Catherine.
1: I just wanted to put that out there because you make it sound like you weren't festive at all. You got festive in you. Wow.
2: Well, yeah. I don't know. I like Christmas. So who doesn't like Christmas? Well, except for maybe well, apparently Catherine. Well, right? so Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I just don't. I'm just like, oh, like, I don't have kids. I'm just like, oh, okay. I guess that's happening again. I wow.
1: <laughs> okay, Well, you know what? If I if I was out there in BC, I would I would make, find a way to make bring the the Christmas spirit to your house and home.
3: There are several people in my life that try to force the Christmas spirit on <laughs> me. Don't, don't you worry.
1: <laughs> so you were kind of in the right mindset for some of the characters.
3: Absolutely. All I want to see is blood splattered on snow. <laughs> I wanna I wanna drink continuously through the holidays and see, yeah, I mean I'm 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 I was right in the right space for it. I always wanted to do a Christmas horror movie. Um there's just so much to mine there in the forced, you know, family gatherings and and just the horror of the season.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: I mean, this is this, this one for me is I uh, someone said it is the most wholesome slasher that they've ever seen. And that is exactly, I think that's the most accurate that I've heard. It is very wholesome slasher.
1: (laughs) Oh, definitely.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like when you watch it, it, it's, you know, you go like, I remember when I, when I was sitting down to watch it originally, I was, I was expecting a lot more blood and guts and whatnot, but then I got to remember it's also a Christmas movie. So like you get, you got to kind of like weigh the pros and the cons, you know,
3: It's it's a Christmas movie. We 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 want some camp. We want some wholesomeness. We want some, you know, the joy of kindness to exude from our hearts, and we want some blood on some snow. Like is that much? Just not yeah. too much to ask.
2: Yeah, not too much to go to, to, at all. to go along with the joy exuding from your heart, you want the blood exuding from your heart simultaneously, right? It's a That's it's a nice it's a it's a nice rainbow effect
3: perfect what what did we all want (laughs) definitely
1: definitely
2: yeah i i actually i got a chance to talk
1: with michael kennedy oh
3: great
1: yeah about the film and uh he said that they it was like the the goal was to have that right amount of hallmark movie and then just pull the rug out from under you type deal
3: yeah and i think i think that's that's what they've managed to do. Like my mom is excited to watch it. My mom doesn't really, you know, my mom doesn't want to watch a lot of horrors or slashers or things that I do most of the time. Um, And she's so excited for this. And I'm excited for her to see it because I'm like, I'm like, you will actually like, you will love this. Like it is so wholesome. My m- innocent Mormon raised mother will like love this movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. That that there's the endorsement for, for the poster everywhere. Right? Yeah. You know? It's for oh, it's for the... mo- it's for moms everywhere. It's for, for Mormon moms. moms. For there Mor- you go.
3: The Mormon side of my family hasn't seen anything I've done in a very long time.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. Well, in this of course you play uh, Aunt Gail Prescott Hell yeah. and and Cassandra Nod plays your wife Karen Simmons and you guys have like a nice little like like you guys seem like very much like the cool ants
3: And you know? that that like- is 100% the goal. <laughs> I want to be everybody's cool lesbian aunt all the time, and um, yeah, I think I think we manage. I mean, you gotta you gotta remember when you were a kid, if you were ever feeling a bit outcast or on the sidelines, and and there was that one family member that came over that kind of lit up your holiday season. You're like, okay, I vibe with this person. This person sees me, you know, and this person puts one little twinkle on the top of my you know my Christmas star. And I think that's what yeah, that's what Karen and Gail are there, you know, to provide for for Winnie and the kids in this movie. It's just like, we're the safe place, we're the we're the cool vibes, we're the yeah, do you wanna go like kill your dad? Cool. I guess I guess we gotta do it. Let's go, you know, like what do you what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> sure, bye. Let's get the truck.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it you know, like when I when I as I'm watching, you're you're hundred percent right because like well, everybody's got families and everybody, you know, not well, not everybody, but a lot of people who celebrate Christmas have done the family gathering thing and have that experience where you have that one relative that you just want to spend no time with. And you have those and you've got those relatives that you want to spend all the time with.
3: And that's, you know, I, ha- I had an aunt, uh, not on the Mormon side, obviously, but an aunt growing up where we go to Christmas at her place and, you know, we'd smoke a joint around the table and she'd have, you know. <laughs> she'd have all these little goodies and silly little, you know, crafts from around the world that she'd collected. And it was just like, I was like, man, this is Christmas. This is what, this is what it's about. Like some, just a nice vibe, you know, with one person in your family, at least. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. This, this film, of course, you know, like the main character in it, uh, uh Winnie Carruthers or is it Carruthers? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Carruthers, Winnie Carruthers. She, stopped a, uh, a, a mass killer, a, a mass yeah. killer who the angel from basically killing a bunch of people in her town, yeah. but a year later, everybody else is trying to move on with their life. And she's of course, still dealing with that trauma wow. and her family just doesn't get it. Like, that's what I find hilarious in this. They're <laughs> like, come on, which. You're still thinking about that killer that almost killed you and killed I your killed friends
3: friend and killed. Yeah. I mean, that but I mean, collectively as society, we sort of just like roll past trauma so quickly. I think it's actually nice to see like someone be like, excuse me, don't we all have like collective PTSD over what's happened to us in the last like couple of years? Like we're just going to ignore that. I think that's like, that touches something deep in me at least. And, and I'm sure in other people is, you know, that just, just get over just get over the fact that you had to kill the mayor of the town with your bare hands, whatever. <laughs> Don't ruin the holidays. God.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, of course, there's the whole moment where she has the It's a Wonderful Life moment where she kind of wishes that she'd never been born sort of thing. And that leads to this scream-like horror film where the killer is back in play. She knows who the killer is. She's trying to stop what's this town has become sort of thing. And, you know, through all that, I was just like, I was really impressed with, you know, what was going on with certain characters, but I found it really interesting that her family just became a bunch of alcoholics.
3: <laughs> yeah. Mom went <laughs> right downhill. Random dude moved in. He's just, they're just on the couch making out 24 seven. It's disgusting. <laughs> I mean, that's I I think, you know, I think that's we all have to uh, we all have to have a moment of of introspection as to what the world would be like without us. And yes, most of your family would probably, you know, degenerate into some semblance of, of what you see there with, with them. But I mean, like that's that was there's so much fun in this movie to be had because it, no one took it it that seriously it was we knew we wanted to make something camp and fun and wholesome and gay and and silly and and scary and it wasn't you know it wasn't uh you get these bits of serious conversation just filtered in because that's what life is like right you know you don't you're not constantly focusing on one main problem it's just everybody has some problems everybody go through some shit everybody tries to suppress their trauma and then eventually they can't do it anymore ah!
2: <laughs> <laughs> No, hundred percent. Like how many, I, man, the number of times that I have had to speak with people that have had recent trauma, like, you know, like a death in the family or whatever. And you're, it's, it's that difficult conversation. But at some point during that difficult conversation, there's comedy, there's humor, there's, you know, there's all of the emotions come kindness, back around.
3: Kindness, there's compassion that, you know, it's all of it.
2: Yeah. And, and that was something that, you know, I I think is lacking in a lot of movies. I think a lot of times we hit the trope of like, kind of like what you guys are talking about with, you know, let's just, you know, like just steamroll over the trauma and just, you know, and get back to it. Like, I see a lot of movies will do the, you know, oh, you just, you're getting, you're getting past that. We'll just move through, you know, and we tell, we tell like a section, not the cross section of a conversation that takes place where it's, it can be more dynamic than just, you know, hey, let's, let's be really sad and we go to cry now and you know we do that which is all important I'm yeah, not saying yeah. it's I mean,
3: not... emotions are so complicated you know what i mean and there's so many layers to that and i just think it's it's nice to see a movie where it just kind of has all these elements in it all wrapped up into a neat little shiny christmas bell
2: <laughs> <laughs> i gotta say i'm just i'm loving this kind of inner grinch uh catherine that we've got with you like it's it's most of the time when, we, when we've spoken with you, it's you know, it's the happy go lucky, Catherine. You know, it's you know, it hasn't been near, I don't think it's been that close to the holiday season, so we didn't get to see this grinchy version of you. I gotta oh, say, I like I, it, I find it fun.
1: <laughs> is that hoodie you're wearing green? It is a green hoodie, it isn't is it? Green,
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, St. John's Newfoundland Fog Town hoodie. <laughs> <you
2: Uh-oh>. <laughs> Representing. Representing went from one side of the country to the other.
3: That's right. I love, oh, I love it there. Um. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, I'm very, I'm very grinchy. I'm very like, I'll, although we did, I, get, I got a group of friends together, and we all dressed up to go see It's a Wonderful Knife in the theaters. Yeah. And I wore like my red, I wore like a red, because we have this like funny moment about like lesbian tracksuit in the, in the movie. And so I wore, I pulled out like my red. Crop top, sweat sweat suit, <laughs> and <went> in, like <laughs> red fur coat. And all my friends dressed up in the like goofiest Christmas outfits, and we went. So I like oh, I'll dress up in some goofy shit. <laughs> Just-
1: oh yeah, no, definitely Well, that's perfect for a film like this. It's very camp, and it's really is is very queer positive. And like that's something like you know the past few years, there's been that wrestling with the Hallmark type movie trying to get that out there of a queer positive Hallmark movie and they've had problems with that yet with something like this, you know, it's like we get, you get to have that Hallmark kind of feeling with a, you know, a queer positive story. Gay, that's also a horror.
3: Hallmark slasher is like three of my favorite words.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the gay Hallmark
3: slasher. Gay Hallmark slasher is like, well, I don't need to read anymore. Sign me up. Like, that's <laughs> like um, And I think, you know, I think it's just, it's nice to see a movie that has more than one gay character where it's not the focus of it, where it's just like, yeah, people just happen to be gay. Like get over it. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, and I just, the the message of friendship and kindness is that, that threads throughout the whole thing is like, honestly, so fucking heartwarming. (laughs) 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 Like just it's, it's, it really is. It does warm. It does warm my cold, dead heart. Um, and, and, then that's all I can hope for.
0: (laughs)
2: Well, there that's good go. to know. Like, we're, I think I think both Andrew and I are, are can say that we are honestly very pleased that you you did your your cold dead heart is getting warmed by something because yeah, I was
1: worried, I yeah, was concerned.
3: You know. <laughs> I think it's important for for you know for there to be representation of just like regular queer characters on on yeah. film and TV, you know, where it's not it's not obsessed over, it's not the main focus of it because I like so many queer people, that just go about their life being themselves. There's no, it's not a focus on the fact that you're gay every day. Like it's like so dumb. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and to just, to see, to see that in, in something like this, there's not a lot of, you know, Hallmark movies that have a lot of queer representation. There's not a lot of slasher movies that have a lot of queer. There's not a lot of, of, um, of Christmas movies that have that for, you know, for anybody that's struggling to feel some wholesome Christmassy holiday feelings, um, you know, and, and doesn't want to feel excluded and just likes to see a little, a little bit of themselves reflected back on the screen. I mean, God's sake, that's all we want. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. But, uh, but yeah, this, this film is a lot of fun, but I gotta ask you, cause again,
0: yeah.
3: it's
1: been a couple of years since we've talked
3: has it really yeah it's like i think it was like did we talk earlier this year no no
1: it was like i think it was february of 2021 that's when we talked that's the last time
2: you're right catherine time it doesn't does not exist
1: it doesn't mean anything anymore yeah
3: don't have it i lost it (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry sorry yeah you had a question
1: so so what have you what have you been doing for fun lately
3: Oh, um, right now I am deep into Assassin's Creed origins. I'm Hard. Oh, yeah? I am murdering all these bad motherfuckers in ancient Egypt. <laughs> um, cr- uh, my mom couldn't find Christmas cards that she liked, so I am currently uh, hand painting uh, partridge and pear tree Christmas cards oh. <laughs> and babysitting dogs because all my friends are in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my life right now
2: now i'm starting to understand grinchy Catherine. that's right
3: yeah. I, I mean the industry was on strike right for like months and months months so none yeah. of us were doing anything except going like insane
1: <laughs> In our did house. you did you do any did you do any streaming during the strike or no
3: no i kind of i trailed off the streaming it, it's too technology is literally too much for me and i i can't, I can't the, the amount of panic attacks i would have a day like crying <laughs> like choking panic attacks because this went out and and something in the sound. And I just, and then when I'm streaming, I'm, I'm I'm trying to play the game and then people are talking and then they're trying to tell me things. And then they're, they're saying I'm doing it wrong and I have to go back. And I'm just like, I can't like, I, it's, it's an all over anxiety, panic, nightmare.
1: Wow. (laughs) And I can't
3: really loved like the camaraderie and the friendship and the, the making me feel better about how much time I spent playing video games, but it was, it was an ADHD nightmare.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I like. I honestly, Catherine, I I I don't know how you or anyone else does it. Like some of these the, these pro streamers who do it, like, and I've seen some of this. Like, it's not my bag personally, but I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how they can do the two screen thing or three screen, whatever. You know, like I just,
3: I it, tried and I, I forget what I'm doing. I don't know. I, I and then I don't pay attention. I don't. I'm lost in the story. I don't know which guy I have to kill. It's like. <laughs> I was, it was, and I would stress myself, out. I'd be like, got a stream today. And I, I was finding myself like forcing myself to do it and being like, I, I can't do this if I'm not enjoying it, you know? Yeah. Um, there were definitely aspects I loved, but overall, just a uh, panic attack. <laughs>
1: totally yeah. understandable. So now, now it's just games for yourself.
3: I'm quietly gaming. I'm with my dogs and my plants. I'm just trying to get through the rest of this winter holiday season and then the industry starting up again uh the new year we will all be just choke slammed with everything so
1: yeah I'd say so yeah well it was it was a long run during that time like
3: oh yeah
1: like how how are are you coping with the when you were going through the strike
3: (laughs) will we ever work again (laughs) (laughs) feel normally when there isn't a strike it's like oh my god are we ever gonna work am I ever gonna work again um, the strike was pretty, was pretty stressful and, and like, and granted in Canada, I like, I wasn't on strike. I'm not a SAG member. I was in the States, but all of our, all of our industry here is American. Yeah. And, uh, and so, I mean, it was just, you know, you do what you do, you get through. I, I lost the ability to remember how to do anything. I've got a wardrobe fitting coming up and I'm like, oh my God, I have to renew my driver's license and like, see if my car still works. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> drive to the studio (laughs) like that sounds so weird
2: (laughs) you know you'd think like on one hand I would you know in my in in my little lizard brain I'm thinking like oh you guys just went through the pandemic right like you know like the world did and and you know and and then you'd think you you, there's that level you're thinking oh you'd kind of know like how like being stuck at home not stuck at home but like not having to work and you know like you'd have those things but you're right Time just disappears time
3: and disappears. then it's and just, you, you don't, don't remember. You don't remember. I have no references for anything, especially because I'm not very holiday centered. So I don't really have references for time passing. <laughs> Most people do. I don't leave my house. I don't like going out. I don't want it. So I just have, I, I live in a void. I don't know what's happening as long as my plants are watered. I don't care about anything anymore.
1: <laughs> oh Well, it's nice to hear that you're still the hermit living on the mountains. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, you cannot drag me out of my cave. Many have tried, and they will all fail.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's, you know, there's many people out there that are probably listening to us that enjoy that kind of life as well.
3: Oh, man, my, my room, my it is cozy AF. It is just, ugh, I, there are lights and little, I had a manic water fountain making episode where I made three water fountains that are in my room. So, like, it's just... Nice. <laughs> That's what I was doing for the pandemic. I was manically, or not the pandemic, the strike. I was manically making water fountains.
1: There you go. It was almost like the pandemic prepared you for the strike.
3: (laughs) At least I didn't go down the sour bread road again.
1: There you go. There you go. Yeah. You don't want to go back down that road. Never,
3: never again.
1: (laughs) But, um, uh, I want to bring up something that, uh, that came up in my mind just now. Back in June, we uh, we had Jewel State on the program. Yeah. And she brought up something that I thought was kind of interesting, that she was what having that- a
3: conversation. <laughs> what was that? I said, what did that bitch say? No, no, that, <laughs> what that bitch
1: said was "Is that you guys were having a conversation and one of you put it out there saying, how come nobody asked us to join the cult?
3: Okay, well, okay. <laughs> they did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, because I, when it all came out later, because I, I was like, you guys know it's a cult, right? Like, they were recruiting my actor friends. I was like, you know, it's a cult. And they're like, whatever, Katie, maybe you should, like, have more friends. I was like, okay, I'd have to leave (laughs) that. Um, so, So when it came up, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe they didn't ask me to be in the sex cult. That's kind of rude. And my friends were like, no, no, they did. You're a huge bitch, and you don't like new people, and you hate community gatherings and get togethers where people talk about their feelings and being authentic it makes you want to vomit and so you didn't you refuse to have anything to do with any of it and i was like okay well at least i was invited like, <laughs> i just want to be invited it's the same all my friends know now like just invite her she's not gonna come don't worry about it but just she needs to be invited so uh, that's and that's how jewel and i felt we needed to be invited but no yeah. we're both we're both like so no bullshit please don't talk to me or, or try to like have warm, fuzzy feelings with us people that like, no, it wasn't going to happen. You weren't going to, we weren't going to get into that.
1: <laughs> That's it. There you go. That's what I like about you, Catherine. You're a straight shooter. like,
0: straight
3: No, what you want to like hold hands and talk about feelings. Ah no, <laughs> no empowering (laughs) no no empowering us no no i will sit in my room and eat chips in like 13 year old sweatpants with big holes in them i don't need to empower myself to do nothing thank you
2: (laughs) see (laughs) you you know and i love this Catherine, because you know what you know what this just proves that you know staying indoors being an introvert or not you know like just being in your in in your in your jammies and having those bags of chips and just watching the tv that
3: way can you no no you can't no get branded on your genitals that way do you nope
2: all these other people out there who want to go and talk to people look at them
3: Uh, in cults uh, no thank you my cult is in bed with three little dogs
2: (laughs) Mm.
1: see i like to go out i personally like to go out and talk to people but i always start by saying i always start by saying whatever you're gonna do don't brand my
3: genitals just don't just that's it no no i think it's always
2: a good safe starting place with that statement
3: yeah, yeah. I mean, No, I just, uh, yeah. My, my general unfriendliness has saved me many times. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there you go. Well, I got to say, even though you have a general unfriendliness, you've always been a good friend to geek hard. Yes. Uh, and we love talking with you and we're very excited for more people to check out. It's a wonderful knife streaming now on shutter. And of course, whatever other projects you've got coming in the future. Now yeah. that the strikes are done,
3: we shall see.
1: <laughs> All righty. Well, when, when you do have another project, we'll probably have you back on then.
3: Right on, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
1: No problem. Bye. You have yourself a great night.
3: You too. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. <laughs> and so that was Catherine Isabel. You can catch her in It's a Wonderful Knife, streaming now on Shudder. We're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about a film that's streaming on Netflix, and that is Leave the World Behind right here, Geekard GeekCardShow.com. Hey, remember when you used to go to the comic shop and browse through the stacks, picking up comic after comic, talking to your fellow customers and the store owner about what books you should buy? What kind of outside people daywalker nonsense are you talking about? I don't go outside. Well, thank goodness for Back Issue Bloodbath with Andrew Young and Petula Neal. When we talk about comics old and new, mostly old, but sometimes new. Every Wednesday, new episodes drop at geekardshow.com or wherever you catch your pots. Check it out and have yourself a good.
0: Welcome back to Geekard on GeekardShow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green.
1: Welcome back to Geek folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green here. In just a moment, we're going to be giving our review of Leave the World Behind, which just came to Netflix this week. But before we do that, I just want to remind you folks that when you're listening to us and you're like, man, I wish I could see them talk to this famous actor or this comic creator. Well, there's a place you can go where you can see Exactly that. And that is youtube.com slash Go there, subscribe to the channel, leave a few comments, watch a few videos. You'll see some really cool interviews and you'll also see some of the crazy antics we got up to at uh, this past year's fan expo, Canada. We got a few videos up there of that. So definitely go check it out. Join. We're trying to get up to a thousand subscribers. So please help us out. Go there. Subscribe to the channel. YouTube.com slash show, and, you know, watch some videos. But now we're going to get into the movie Leave the World Behind, directed by Sam Esmail, written by Esmail and Ruman Alam, produced by Esmail Corp, Higher Ground Productions, and Red Om Films, distributed by Netflix. Here to read the synopsis is our man who's been working the boards like a champ tonight, the old man. Hey, how's it going?
2: Pretty good, bud. You?
1: I'm I'm doing all right. I uh, for half of the interview, I had you guys on mute. I, I hope that's not a problem.
2: Uh, no, that's I was, that 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 that's actually quite a large problem.
0: Well, I was trying to get this crossword done. You guys wouldn't stop talking. So.
2: Oh, you know, you, just, you had us muted on your end. Oh, that's okay.
1: It's no, fine. no, I had it across the board.
2: That's not good, man.
1: All right, well, I'll see if I can get that fixed. I'll go back and look.
0: But, yeah, you should uh, work
2: on that.
1: Let me just do my, my real job here. Okay. So a family's getaway to a luxurious rental home takes an ominous turn when a cyber attack knocks out their devices and two strangers appear at their door. I got
0: to say, I actually watched this film today. Oh, yeah? I, but I didn't realize
1: it was a film. I thought I was watching a really long Verbo ad. I thought, this is making it really strange. I don't know if I want to use Verbo to rent this house. Look what happens at the end of this. Oh, my God. But uh, but I still, I actually ended up renting a property through them. That's They are good at marketing. That's all I got to say, you know, even here. That's fair. And, you know, it wasn't a Verbo ad, right? Well, you say that, but one man's film is another man's Verbo ad. That's all I'm saying.
2: Okay. That's fair.
1: Well, I hope you enjoy... That uh, that vacation there, old man. But uh, get back to the boards and don't put us on mute again, okay? All right, no promises. And there he goes. So, Mr. Green. Yeaper. Leave the world behind. Did yes. you? Did you watch it and be like, wow, this is a... I'm really into this movie?
2: Um, <clears throat> Actually, I wasn't sure for the longest time as I was watching it. Because it's got this... And I I know you because you watched it. I know you know what I'm talking about here. It's got this like this strange, odd vibe that is continuing throughout it where you're getting this kind of like nice. It starts off, which is what a good thriller should do. It starts off in that kind of nice world, right? Like we're setting the pace, setting the stage for who these people are, what's going on, so that when it does ratchet up and you get into the into the shit, you're like. you you want to feel for them. Right. So like, as we're going through that and then, but what I liked that, what this male did throughout the film is that there was those little like Hitchcockian typical trope film, like filmmaker tropes of how to, as a watcher, make you feel uneasy. Right. Like there's camera tricks and things like that. Like there's a lot of spinning cameras that are going on thing, things of that nature, weird setup shots. Like where all of a sudden like animals appear and then they disappear. And then they reappear, you know, like just weird things like that are going on. So it becomes very unsettling as you're going throughout this, this entire uh, movie. And as what I realized was that I was actually engaged with all of this, right? Like Mm. there, I can see, I'm going to, I'm going to say right now, I can see how, and I'm sure I haven't, I don't know anybody right now yet, or have read anything online about it, but I'm sure there's probably going to be people complaining about the pace because it's got a very slow, methodical pace. And that's probably going to annoy some people. But I think it works in this because it's part of the fact that the family doesn't know what the fuck is going on throughout yeah. the entire movie. And we are, at, just as they are, discovering the truth. Now, clearly, some of it you're leaping ahead of them on. um, And, uh, and you know, but other parts not so much. The... I'm not going to get into a, a, one of my complaints about the f- real complaints about the film. And that's, but it's a minor one in any ways, but because it ruins the end of the film.
1: Ah, I was about to say, you're not going to get into a complaint. Why not? Oh, okay.
2: Yes. Because it specifically has to do with the finale of the film. Um, But it's more of just a personal choice thing, right? It's like preference. I should say preference, personal preference, not a choice. Um But, uh, with what I can talk about, like the performances I thought were were pretty good overall. I, I thought it was interesting to watch a film where Julia Roberts is not a nice person or at least oh, pretending she, to be.
1: She is so unnice.
2: Like to the point where I was like, listen, Karen, get out, like all the way out, get out of my movie, get get out of the house, get out of the, out of the, out of the state, get out of my movie, just, just get out of the universe. Mm. And, um, But then they, you know, they do some stuff there and, uh, and, you know, and there's some, um, uh, there's some Jordan Peele touches in here too. That's what I'll say. There's a, there's some Jordan Peele-esque touches, you know, and if you look at his last few films, you'll know what I'm talking about in that regard. Um, But in a different way. And all of that for me really kind of worked. Um, And there was this, you know, this natural tension going on. So yeah, there, there's, there, I, I would, I, I, yeah, I'm enjoying the film. I'm enjoying the film. Like I enjoyed the film, I should say. I'm not still watching it right now, even though I'm just watching a clip, but <laughs> cause it's on the screen why, in front of me. That's
1: why he's distracted. That's why it's yeah. like he's, he's actually watching the film right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. Although to be fair, as Andrew perfectly well knows, that has happened on the show sometimes.
1: That has happened, but it usually happens with guests, not, not, not reviews. Usually it's, usually it's a yeah, guest no, we're talking to. <laughs>
2: Yeah. The, movie. yeah, it's only it's only happened I think like once or twice with a review, but and it's usually the Christmas episode, as you yeah. well know. But yeah, um, yeah no, I just uh, like I I think overall I, I I enjoy this film. You know, it's I I had I what I was expecting I didn't get, and I like that I didn't get that okay. that it, it did that it did change it for me, like change it up.
1: OK, OK. See, for me, I got exactly what I was expecting. OK. And I thought it was a it was a well-crafted film.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I thought the acting was done well. But I was kind of like, eh, like it didn't really wow me. It didn't offend me in any way. Like I wasn't like, oh, God, why am I sitting through this movie? Right. But it wasn't like at the same time, I wasn't like, oh, wow, I'm really I'm really engrossed in this. For the most part, I was like, OK, that happened. All right. That also happened. OK. That's what I expected that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. The performances are good. Um, it just always seemed like every time we were getting to an interesting dynamic between characters, mm-hmm. they just decided to continue on with the plot. So, like, the stuff that when you have like a slow paced film, like a, like a deliberately paced film like this, mm-hmm. I would have liked to have gotten a bit more like all the interactions kind of stayed at one with the exception of uh, G.H. Scott and Amanda Sanford who are basically the main characters of this. Everybody else kind of stayed in the first position even when bad things happened to them. Like the kind of, uh, like Julia Roberts, Amanda Sanford and Mahala's Ruth Scott, they stay the exact same. Their relationship stays the exact same through the entire thing. Same thing with with uh, Clay Sanford by Ethan Hawke's character, with his wife and with Ruth Scott and with G H Scott. There's no progression of these character moments, in my opinion, and that's why I just I felt like okay, so these even though we had this really intense kind of plot, I feel like they didn't. It was just the plot driving the plot, and everybody was just going along with the plot. And they really I, weren't doing anything with their character to make me go, okay.
2: I totally concede that point because the uh, uh, the interaction between uh, Julie Roberts' character and, and Mahalia's uh, character doesn't kind of move positions until, like, basically the last, like, ten minutes of the film. Ten minutes of the film, exactly. And the and so, and that's and then and then there's another character beat for um the other daughter uh, for julie roberts's daughter
1: yeah farrah gassie's en-
2: character yeah at the end of the film you know yeah. so um there was some there were some things and then there is a and there again there's a a a shift in 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 the relationship between uh ethan Hawke and mahara ashley at the end of the everything happens In the like the last five, six minutes of the film.
1: And for some films, that's great. But for a two and a half hour film where it's just these characters, I feel like give me at least like I I know you want to go from one to two. But can you put a one point five in there? You know what I mean?
2: you were looking for a little bit more of a slower transition between the two, like not, not, slower not, trans- not, transi- or- yeah,
1: not really a slower transition, but you wanted a, a step.
2: You didn't want to I go want- like one, two, three. You wanted yeah, to go. Cause like- it's like
1: the plot can stay exactly the same. I just want the characters to have more growth, even in that short amount of time. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Like, cause the growth that they do have, it, it like we said, it's, it's the end of the film. Some of yeah. it's a bit, some of it's a bit stilted. Yeah, it's, um, it
1: feels superficial.
2: Yeah, I can I, I can see where you're coming from on that side. I still, I think overall though, like I, I this is a kind of film that I wonder if it would have done better, uh, like over or maybe maybe not you per se, like based on what you're saying right now. But I'm like I'm wondering if this film would have done better in a theater, like you know, like getting a live audience, you know, because you know how some films. Uh, especially now with streaming, like you see some streaming films and I'm like, I I don't know about you, but when I watch some streaming films, I'm like going, you know, for every one of these like crappy versions, there's a couple that I'm like, yeah, this would have been really cool. Had this been in the theater and got like that kind of buzz around it and built up and, you know, it would have got a different, different vibe maybe. Right. I don't know. I'm just like, I'm I'm thinking about this film. Like, cause I, I think about, um, uh, what's it called? The quiet place. Yeah, very slow-paced film. Now, granted, completely different than this one, uh, but but then you know,
1: also those characters had each one of them had an arc that was outside of what's happening.
2: Yeah, no, it's fair, and and and, and to your point about character development, based like based off of uh, previous work, like on Mister Robot, like I would have expected a little bit more. But I still really enjoy this film. Like I, I think it's uh, I, I I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun with it. Um, so you're saying people should watch it. I would say check it out. You know, like there's not like a ton going on right now, especially with like zero television and, you know, not a lot in theaters right now. Give it a shot. I I think, uh, you know, however, if you are a a paranoid conspiracy theorist, maybe not watch this one.
1: Yeah. And also if you you don't like the idea of self-driving cars, probably not watch this one either. (laughs) No, I'll say, you know, if you're intrigued, sure, watch it. But for everybody else, I'd say skip it. Mm, uh, it's enough. just not something that did anything for me on a huge level. It was fine. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything that really jumped out for me. But Mr. Green, before we go to commercial, I'm just going to say, I'll be there for you because you're there for me too. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Liz Whitmere about her short film, Cold, right here. Want to advertise on Geekard and be heard by thousands of listeners? It's easy, it's simple, it's fun. Email us at geekcardshow at gmail.com for information on our advertising packages today.
0: Welcome back to Card Geek on GeekardShow.com. Now back to your host, Andrew Young and Mr. Green.
1: Welcome back to Card, folks. Andrew Young and Mr. Green. And we're just going to get into the final segment of the evening with our guest here tonight. She's the director of the short film Cold, starring, uh, of course, former Geekard guest Melody Scafano welcome to the program liz whitmere thank you so much for having me i'm excited to be here well thank you thank you for coming on before we get into the film did you used to do stand-up comedy i did yeah
4: i did used to do (laughs) stand-up
1: i I remember because i used to do stand-up comedy as well and i i remember you used to do a bit about auditioning for a, a butterfinger commercial oh my gosh
4: Wow. That's a, I just time traveled. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure it was the same. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Then I checked. I was like, Oh yeah. Terry McGurn. Okay. This is, this is that Liz Whitmere. Okay. So, yes, okay. indeed. Yeah. That was uh,
4: man. I spent a lot of time at spirits open mic night with uh, the, the, late great Joanna Downey and mm-hmm. she extraordinary force that she was Was she was like a formative uh, icon in my life because she kind of sat me down and she's like, "Okay, it's time to find your own voice. Go figure this out now. Do your own thing now," yeah, which was definitely. changed my life. I owe her a huge debt.
1: Well, totally. Yeah. Well, she did that for a lot of a lot of comics. She did. As well, yeah. No, she was she was a force. And yeah, when she uh, when she unfortunately uh, passed on, she left quite a quite a gap. Like there was a yes. lot of people that felt that. Yeah.
4: Yeah, well, she had built a community, and uh, it was
1: amazing. No, definitely, definitely. So I guess we'll just transition right (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. That's cool. It's cool. But, but yeah, uh, with this film, Cold, uh, for people who haven't had a chance to see it yet, what is the short about, and what inspired you to make it?
4: Cold is about uh, Jane, who is our – our hero who has just turned 40 and she can't get warm and she slowly comes to realize that she died sometime last week and didn't notice so her body is starting to decompose she's coming to pieces but nobody in her life will admit that there's anything wrong so her doctor is like "Ah, eh, you're getting old this happens to women as they get old uh yeah her friends are saying you just need a new face cream her partner is like would you like a manicure and it's it, I don't want to spoil the ending, but it all, you know, it all just falls apart is what happens at the end. And the inspiration for making it was I was just having a real bad time. And one day went I, I was feeling very disconnected from the world and physically I was feeling cold. So that was that was that piece of inspiration. Mm. Um, and I was feeling so disconnected. I was like, holy, holy shit. I think I, I might be dead. I think this might be what it feels like. And then all of a sudden there was a spark of a story. And as soon as I have a story, then I have a window like somewhere up at the top of the well that I'm sitting in. And then I can kind of like climb up the story to get out of the pit. And that's what happened with cold. I kind of soft pitched it to a few people whose opinions I respected in like a paragraph form. Like here's what I think might happen in this story. They responded really strongly to it. And a bunch of people jumped in with both feet and, Melanie jumped in with both feet on on the basis of a two sentence pitch while we were going out for coffee and it was it generated its own momentum in a way that felt really magical and it seemed like it resonated with a lot of the people I was talking to about it. So yeah, that's how Cold came to be.
2: Yeah, no, it it's it's a great premise and one of the other things I also of course you kind of hinted at some of it there but you have a really great talented cast of uh, Canadian actors that if anybody who watches it will be like, Oh I, yeah. And Oh, and yeah. Oh, 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 oh it, Sean, Bake. Sean yeah. Bake
1: is the perfect oblivious husband. Oh, yeah. Right. He's so good. He's trying so hard.
4: He just doesn't have the right tools. And it's, this is one of the things that I loved about making the film is that there's no villain. No mm. one's doing anything bad on purpose. It's just, no one has the right, perspective. And no one has the right toolkit to actually help. And even Jane doesn't have the right toolkit. She's trying to do the things she's being told to do. So it's, it felt uh, resonant to me because when you're stuck, it can feel really hard to communicate. And from the outside, being a caregiver, trying to take care of someone who can't communicate is it's an impossible task. How do you ever know what they need? Oh, yeah. And when the thing they're trying to communicate is so large, like i'm i'm deceased you know that's a really big <laughs> reality to try to share with your life partner um and especially when no one believes you so it's you know it's all that stuff all wrapped up
1: yeah yeah, yeah. it's uh it, it, the thing i love is how how straight and dry this comedy is played how it feels just like not only is everybody oblivious but they're just sort of like ah whatever you know, everything's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all going to work out. Whatever. Just, just calm down. So whatever you are thinking don't worry about it sort of thing. And that level, like, was it, was it. When you were putting together the film, like how easily did that kind of comedic vibe flow through the, through what you were shooting? Ooh.
4: Um, Like while we were shooting.
1: Yeah. While you were shooting
4: and in the editing, you know, uh, well, uh, while we were shooting, there were a couple of points where, you know, when you're shooting, the actors will make offers. I'm going to offer to do it this way. I'll offer to do it this way. And a couple of times I was pulling people back from a comedic performance. I wanted it to be fully grounded, fully realistic, uh, because the situation is so absurd. If you wink to the absurdity, then you're undercutting the concept of your own story. Right. So. In the performances, I did a like I didn't have to do much though. As you said, the cast is so incredible. Sean and Mel and Peter and uh, Peter Callahan plays our terrible doctor. Uh and Chelsea <laughs> Muirhead plays our terrible manicurist. And, you know, we have Jane's best friends played by Stephanie Belding and Raisa Kondraki, and they're terrible in their own way. And it's everyone was is just so excellent. So all I had to do was kind of very, very occasionally, ten percent of the time, say, like, let's bring it down. Do give me do that again, but like 10% of whatever you just did and it, it's they made my job very easy and then in the edit my editor Christopher Mins who primarily cuts comedy connected with the project because he wanted to cut something that wasn't comedy and I actually it's funny to hear you say to to label it as a comedy because I wrote it as a horror movie as a tragedy
1: well I can I can see that but like that's the thing of course anybody knows that tragedy is comedy like that's oh, for just, sure yeah. <laughs> yeah and so like there is yeah. elements that are horrific but it to me is just sort of the fact that it is even though it's an absurd idea but in such a true to life kind of feel i felt mm-hmm. like the comedic value of the story as well i felt for like sure. through, yeah through the the actual message that you're telling there is humor to it as well absolutely and i'm not trying to
4: to countermand that. Like that's it definitely is there. But it was, it's interesting to hear the audience reactions because mm-hmm. I've had responses from some women who have been through misdiagnosis after misdiagnosis, or they're going through menopause, or they've been through menopause and have had terrible side effects and physical yeah. repercussions. Um, who are like, oh my God, what a devastating movie you made. This is my heart is broken. Like, how, oh God, are you okay? You know, like all yeah. of that. And then uh, other folks who maybe don't have that lived experience are like, what a quirky comedy. This is very funny. So it's been really fascinating to see the, it's all, it's all about what you live, right. And right. what you have access to. Cause as audience members, we project ourselves onto what we see on the screen. Yeah. And if yeah. you haven't lived that, then it maybe doesn't hit you in the same way. True. True.
2: Yeah, no, I, as I was watching it, I'm, I'm kind of like in between here, uh, Liz, cause uh, I, I, um, my, 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 my partner, she's told me some stories about mm. like, about doctors and bosses and whatnot mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, obviously as a man that I am not used to not privy sure. to the, that situation, but also she's a uh, perimenopause right now. And like some of that was going through and then like going to see the doctor and like, there was a lot of the, and the, and we're at to your point. At times I was th- sympathizing with Theo a lot because I was like, Sure. Trying to, you know, you try to help and then you're, it's just, it's not, what are we, what am I missing? What am, what am I like? Yeah. I, am I broken? Am I, it must be me now. <laughs> right. And I was getting, and I was like, Oh, wow. Like to your point though everybody's spin is a little bit different, but Mm -hmm. I could still see both the comedy, like that Andrew's mentioning, but I can totally see
1: the, I can see the horrific side of it as well, but I feel like the two levels are both there. Yeah.
2: Oh
4: no. It's necessary too, right? Like you can't just serve up something desperate and terrible on a plate and hope people will engage with it. Like it's the only way we survive this stuff is by looking at the absurdity and how, how ridiculous how ridiculous that w- the average time, I believe, for women to get diagnosed with a, uh, endometriosis is like 10 years. God. And ridiculous. that comes with monthly debilitating pain. It's not like a, sometimes I have a flare up kind of a thing. It's a constant mm-hmm. presence in your life until you can get a doctor who's willing to take a look. So it's and that kind of thing. You know, if we don't laugh, we cry. Right. Like yeah. how how do you even keep moving through your life if you can't laugh at how silly it is? um, yeah. Oh, so, yes, both, both layers are there intentionally. Yes. It's yes on purpose.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Cause like, uh, I remember the first time I laughed and it was every time Mel was like, yeah, you know, the, the whole like very, um, pleasant and, mm-hmm. you know, and just like, yes, you know, I, 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 thank you for your opinion and I appreciate and value it. And I was, and I was like, <laughs> no, Like yell, scream, like just like, ah, but yeah, well, it's the therapy
4: speak, right? So there's this, I am fully pro therapy and I'm fully pro couples counseling and everyone should be talking about their feelings all the time, Mm -hmm. but that's not what they're doing in this film. They're using this coded therapy speak, this so-called active listening. I see you taking care of me. I appreciate you doing what you're doing. As a shield, it's to avoid saying the real thing.
1: Yeah, avoid to say what they really want to, what they want yeah. to say, totally. Yeah, because
4: yeah, it's dangerous, right, to say what you really mean. It's much safer to sit in a place of, like, polite acknowledgement. And it's tough, especially, I mean, women are socialized to kind of push it all down. And then you have to dig up through all all these layers of socialized behavior before you can say what you really mean.
1: Yeah. Well, well, no. This this film this film is a is a really good, uh, really good That's twenty fantastic. minutes. It's really engaging. As we said, there's levels to it. All of that stuff is there. Um, I know it's been playing festivals. Are there more festivals planned, or are, is there a release coming at any point? Fingers crossed for more festivals.
4: We had our world premiere at the Blood in the Snow Festival on November twenty fifth. And everything kind of shuts down over the holidays, so it's going to be a little quiet for the next mm, six weeks, two months, and then in January, I I hope to hear wonderful news from lots of different places. And in the meantime, I'm developing it as a feature. So
1: it's oh, I wanna, nice. I want to make more, more cold. There you go. You want to yeah. make it colder. There you go. Colder, cold, so cold. <laughs> <laughs> well. Liz, I want to thank you for coming on the program. This has been a very warm reception that we've had from you. And uh, I really hope that you have uh, a great holiday season and that come the new year, cold gets out there to as many places as possible.
4: Thank you so much. You are both just delightful. This has been, and thank you for watching my movie and saying nice things about it. Oh my, thanks for getting it. God, they're <laughs> inviting people into my brain and then hoping they don't look around and go, this place is weird.
1: I want to leave. You know? Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome.
2: Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh Well, I hope you have a great night and uh, we'll hope to see you with more projects soon. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening, guys.
2: You too. See Thanks.
1: Yeah. Bye. Bye. So that was Liz Whitmere, her film Cold. Uh, is going to be coming hopefully to a film festival near you in the near future. But Mr. Green, we have come to the oh, end yeah. of the program.
2: I almost forgot.
1: Yeah, you almost forgot. These shows end.
2: They do. And they so do.
1: before we go, you gotta make sure you can tell the good folks where they can find us.
2: That's right. And if you like what we do here, you can always find additional content over at patreon.com/slash geekard. For everybody who participates in that right now, we thank you guys ever so much. You guys are amazing. Thanks a lot. Additional content is always available through YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Yes, even Pinterest. Search Geek Card Show on any of those platforms. You'll find us there. Of course, check out our website, geekcardshow.com, for more news, reviews, and the podcast version, or just this show right now. Um, available every day every, every day, every week, on Mondays. You can listen to it every day of the week. You can. Like, every hour. That would be fantastic, too. You know, get this our is, numbers up, yeah. Yeah, that's That'd be a god, oh, that's perfect. Of course, the best way if you didn't uh, just drop it down and listen to us like right away is to do what, Andrew?
1: S- subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice be it the iTunes, the Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever you catch your pods. And while you're there, leave a five star rating and review.
2: Awesome, absolutely. And as always, if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can email us at, at gmail.com.
1: I want to thank. Catherine Isabel and Liz Whitmere for coming on the program tonight. For Mr. Green, for the old man in the booth, and of course, for Yuri, we hope you get back soon. This is Andrew Young saying, if you're going to geek out, you might as well geek hard on geekhardshow.com.
0: Thank you for listening to Geek hard right here on geekhardshow.com.